0: This is the podcast for you. Hello, I am Deb Coviello, founder of the Drop-In CEO brand, and I am grateful you've joined us for another episode of the podcast where week after week, I have the opportunity to speak to amazing leaders and share their insights with you, and I I hope that they inspire you. And just know I love, love, love doing these interviews because it is meant to give back to the C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow to navigate their challenges with confidence through this great conversation. And today I am honored, I am so honored to introduce to you Andrew LaMorris, who is the President and CEO of Medics and Talent Today, a family of companies specializing in connecting talent to the right career opportunities and in supporting employers with the right workforce solutions. His company has been featured on such prestigious lists as Staffing Industry Analysis, so many recognitions for his company, and he himself has won awards, et cetera, and he is also an author. I can't wait to get into his book, his recent book, Culture Through Crisis, and he has done so much to give back to community as well as mentoring. We're going to go into mentoring as well. I'm not going to take away his thunder. I just want to say, Andrew, welcome to the show.
1: It is really great to be here. So honored. Thank you so much. appreciate it.
0: So honestly, I am just so grateful for the network. Amy McDonald, who has become a friend of mine, she has also been a podcast guest. Said you've got to, you've got to meet Andrew. He is an amazing person, an inspiration for her career path. And once I got to know him, I just said, "Oh, I have to bring his his generosity, his care for humans and people, and his story to you." So, Andrew, I would love for you to share a bit about yourself personally your journey, and the joys that you have of giving back and the work you're doing now.
1: Yes, and uh, thanks for bringing up Amy McDonald. She's a terrific leader, and and so glad to have her in my network. So, yeah, I've had the honor to be the President CEO of Medics for the last 20-plus years. I owe a lot to my my parents and coaches and teachers and so many people. I think what happens, Deb, you get a little bit older and you start to connect the dots backwards to all the people that you want to thank that have helped you opened up your eyes to being being a great leader and it is a journey of collecting little nuggets along the way but you know really the short story with medics is i was laid off after september 11th november 3rd 2001 didn't know exactly what i was going to do but had the opportunity to dust off an old business plan rent an 8x10 executive office my mom and dad were 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 in town visiting from greece at the time and and they helped me move into that special office where things got kicked off, with the blessing of my both my mom and dad. I had the opportunity, I think, to go out and find and hire some people as good, always or better than I was. And, and what we did was, I think, create this beautiful medics ohana, where people kind of showed up for each other over the last twenty years to create opportunity and and impact uh, the healthcare workforce. And so, so I feel really, really blessed and honored to have been a part of this medic story thus far.
0: Oh, that's an amazing story. And I really, really appreciate. Sometimes we forget as we move on in our careers to forget the people along the way that have had uh, an inspiration. And I know me personally, you know, even though I may have kind of like fought back against my parents, I can do this, I can do that. They did give me a sense of security, a home life, that education was important. And had I not had those values and foundation, I may not necessarily be here. So always good to recognize those people along the way, because quite frankly, they just want to see you be successful. Yeah. And for me, my
1: story stems from a a very unique place. And I think that a lot of CEOs and a lot of leaders, they have different types of inflection points when they start their career or in the middle of their career that help them grow. Mine was that day when I said I had my parents' blessing. I actually, when we got done setting up my office, I locked the door. I turned around and my five-two- Greek mom was sitting there, she pinched my cheeks, she said, You have my blessing, everything's gonna go well, just work hard. Little did I know that about 10 months later she was gonna pass away of pancreatic cancer. So I can say, even today, especially that first three, five, eight, ten years, I wasn't gonna let her down. And I think there is there is moments in your life where people that are very special to you and that helped you get to a certain place, you take it for granted. And when something like that happens and you have their blessing, all the tutelage and all the love that has been given to you over the years, you kind of put that in a special place. And every morning it gives you just a unique purpose to stand up and want to go out and get after it. So I, I owe a lot to my, to my mom.
0: That's a beautiful sentiment because sometimes we say, well, it's just hard work and knowing the right people, but those people that invest in you, they're probably the most important people. I'm actually touched by this story a little bit and going a little bit off script. So a really great story, but then the thing is it it also goes with you. You had everybody's blessings. You had people believing in you, but what was it about you at that point that says, I can open a business, I can create something because again, you were young in your career. And I want people out there to realize that they don't have to necessarily be stuck in what they are doing. They have the opportunity to be creative, create something new that will have a greater impact. So what was your vision? What like propelled you to do this?
1: Well, I, I think, you know, over the over the course of time, I think what I learned there's, there's entrepreneurs, there's intrapreneurs. And so mm-hmm. uh, either way, I think that you can, no matter what situation that you're in, and I said this yesterday, we had an all hands meeting with our corporate team, and I said, we're all leaders, and it's just a mindset when you wake up in the morning and and I think about again i don't want to I don't want to beat a dead horse here with my parents, but you know my mom was a janitorial person for a place called Eight Associations for Lutherans, and she went to work at three thirty and she ended at nine thirty and she cleaned. Offices and bathrooms and whatnot for a, for a living, and she loved going to work. She loved the people that she worked with, and then the floors that she was responsible to clean. That she she felt like she was the boss of that. She owned that, and and she acted that way. And she loved who she worked with. My dad ran a bakery, and and very much the same way. And and I think that both of my parents were entrepreneurs. They. They took their job that they're in and they wanted to be the best version of version of themselves as a leader in that job. And I think that likewise for me, I think that, you know, to answer your question, I think innocence is bliss. I was 30 years old. And, um, it, it, you know, sometimes I think if I knew then what I know now, what I have done, what I did. And I owe it to so many people. I had a father-in-law who helped fund me. I had an amazing wife who was a pillar for me that just said, you can do this. Um, and no matter how hard I got, she was always kind of in my corner. And then I had really great people that I had the opportunity to hire. There was two siblings of people I knew that I hired that every day I went to work, I was having fun. And sometimes we forget, it's not what you do sometimes, it's who you're doing it with. And so I think that when I, when I got kicked off, first of all, I had amazing training. I knew what I was doing. I had funding because it was very expensive to do what I was doing. And then I got a chance just to go in every day and roll up my sleeves and do what I think that my parents taught me how to do best, was just work very hard and treat people in an amazing way. And so that to me is is yeah, to anybody who's who's listening, I think anybody can, whether it's an entrepreneur journey or an entrepreneur journey, I think that sometimes we forget that yeah i'm I'm in this job. no, I think everybody can be a leader, and any no matter what job that you're in, whether it's the person here i'm I'm actually in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, visiting my son today, and there's a cleaning crew in the hotel that I'm at that you know. They went above and beyond in my room, and I left left a nice tip in the envelope here. And and I think it's important. What I saw from that young lady, who I got a chance to know her for for 10 minutes, she's from Romania. She moved to this country, and she's taking on an opportunity to start her new life here in America uh, in her late 20s. And and she's, she's cleaning rooms here at this beautiful hotel in Portsmouth. And and she's going above and beyond, uh, as I could tell, with what she was doing. She's an entrepreneur, and so anybody who's out there listening, you can you can do amazing things in whatever job or career you're in. Not to mention our amazing amazing stay home parents who have the biggest job of running a business day in and day out.
0: So, Andrew, I love listening to you because as you're speaking, I am just writing soundbite after soundbite after soundbite. If you got a, a smart ed- video editor there, there is so much great stuff in here. But interesting, I'll just go to a couple of the later points is service providers, sometimes they are just so underappreciated. I was away for a month recently in a hotel and every single person that I came to meet, I smiled, I thanked them, whether they did service for me or not. I just made sure that I showed acknowledgement of other humans because they're all just trying to make a difference, whether financially for their family or just trying to do the best thing. And it's interesting that Romania thing, because we just got a dog, a pet that's actually came across the world from Romania and it's part of a puppy rescue mission my son David found this dog and now we're uh fostering it until he can actually come back to the states and take the dog home so you never know where points of connection come and and paying it forward and helping other people so oh my god you are so, <laughs> I don't even know where to go next you just uh, you're just such an inspiration with all these positive thoughts you're just so positive about everything but maybe let's just go in another direction. I appreciate your positivity and building an amazing business. But I also want to know, along that journey, were there ever any challenges, inflection points where you weren't sure about the journey? I just love to know about that because that's also something I'm always seeking to understand when I try to serve C suite leaders. What are some of the things that maybe kept you up at night along the way?
1: Some months ago, I think five, six months ago, we read a book called Only the Paranoid Survive by Andy Grove. And it's a great book if you're going through an inflection point, which a lot of us are today. It's a great book to read. And I know that Jim Collins talks about productive paranoia. and I think it's in the book, Great by Choice. And so I'm going to talk about two things when it comes to inflection points. Number one, I think it's very important to understand, at least in my experience, the times where you grow the most as a leader is in times of challenge. And I think about 2008, 2009, and for some people, 2010. For us, it was 2009 with the financial crisis. I actually got a phone call from the bank saying, "Hey, we need you to deposit 120 some thousand dollars into your account because one of our covenants was was a little shaky." And I thought, "Oh my gosh!" And and here's what here's what happened, which I think is great. We took a step back as a team and we said okay what do we need to do to get better here and you know you sit down and you think about kpis and metrics and priorities and i think a lot of times you're leading an organization is people strategy execution or cash and i think at that time we we said okay here's a couple opportunities and i look at what happened in 2009 and then kind of what happened then the next year we grew 33% in 2010 and then we took this This growth, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, we took this big growth. And then 16, we grew to 160 some, 160 some million. And then we had kind of like this standstill, like for two or three years, we're kind of hitting the same revenue numbers. And again, it was incredibly challenging. And mind you, the economy wasn't that bad. This next particular inflection point that we had, we just grew so much. That we needed to catch up on some of our, how we were behaving, our processes, some of the accountability measures that we had. And I think that there's a couple of things that is really, that are really important that have helped us along the way. Number one, we follow Rockefeller habits or gazelles and we have a business coach every single 90 days. We have our one page plan that we go through. And I think if you're revisiting that, every 90 days, and you're really transparent, honest with, hey, are you red, yellow, or green? What are your priorities? What is your critical number? And you really have it up on a, on a board and you're measuring all the time kind of where you are. I think along the way, even if the road is curvy and difficult and you have some mountains to climb, you get there when you're incredibly transparent. And focused, and every ninety days you're coming together, and you're and you're riding the wave with a great team. So yeah, those those inflection points are where the company got its energy to grow. And those years where we had there's like two or three years where we had a standstill from a top line perspective. That was what we needed to figure out again what Jim Collins calls the flywheel. We figured out what our flywheel was, how to get that that thing moving a little bit faster. If we wouldn't have gone through that inflection point, we would have never been able to create a better flywheel to growth and opportunity. So I think the inflection points challenges, even in today with with a possible recession or whatever we have going on, it's kind of a weird world that we're in post COVID. <laughs> right. Um, the, these are the times where you don't run away. These are the times where you lean in because now you're getting your PhD, you're getting your doctorate, you're learning. Yeah, you're having difficulty and all the difficulty is like one big mud bath. You know, it's just, it's just lean into it, get dirty, understand it, but make sure, I said this earlier in your, in your beautiful podcast here, make sure you're doing it with people that you love coming to work with every day. And so I think that's incredibly important.
0: So you are obviously very, very passionate about the company and the people that you're helping to build a great company, as well as those you serve. I can only wish for myself, as well as everybody listening out there, that you are as exuberant and passionate about the work you're doing. And if not, that could be your inflection point to say, is there something that you could do differently or better? So amazing. <laughs> so, I, just, I just, by the yeah. way, I just
1: listened to this podcast by Adam Grant uh, uh-huh. this morning I, I, on a walk. And there's a husband and wife, I forget the show, they refurbish houses or whatnot. And the wife was a is an introvert and the the husband's an extrovert. And they're both amazing leaders. So sometimes this energy, me being a little bit more of an extrovert is wonderful, but I have introverts on my team that have the same passion, but they're a little bit more calm and quiet. And they carry a big stick and they do amazing, amazing work. So there's different ways that energy comes through. So I learned to recognize that over the years. And and so um, I'm just being...
0: I wanted to take a moment to remind you that a recent study showed nearly 60% of leaders feel depleted at the end of the day. And this feeling is a key indicator of burnout and makes it difficult to lead and inspire others. If you've ever experienced that restless exhaustion, you know why CEOs are amongst the most likely candidates They're experiencing job frustration. I wrote The CEO's Compass, your guide to get back on track, to confront those feelings and create a plan that is sustainable for you and your organization. I created a seven point assessment that will help you figure out your problems in days, not months. And it includes so many resources, worksheets, videos, and much, much more. If this is you, please head over to my website, dropinceo.com and click on my products, the CEO's Compass, and what are yours on Amazon or other outlets. And now, back to the conversation. Well, I I am certainly enjoying this conversation with you being you. Now, I want to make sure I elevate some of the great work that you have done. I briefly touched on that you have written a couple books, the first one, one with purpose, and your second one that just came through culture, through crisis I would love for you to just tell us a little bit about that work why did you write those books and maybe the impact that it's having on others wherever you want to go because I I'm an author the inspiration for writing can come from many different places. I wish there were more people out there that would think about writing their story because everybody has something to say and inspire others
1: yeah and, and for me it was it was incredibly impactful moments that caused me to lean into writing both books. First and foremost, one with purpose is was a team effort of putting values and purpose together to grow an organization and and the same year that we developed our core values and our purpose, you know we we hit some major goals, and that was really cool because we were we were doing some things that year to impact kids. I had a great friend Andrea who turned me on to this this organization that did this fun bike build exercise where we broke up. We did this team building event that we built all these bikes and everybody in the room thought we were having a competition to see who could build these bikes faster. And when we were done with this event, we had a group of 20 or so kids from boys and girls club walk into the room numbered one through 20 and they went to their bikes, and these are kids that never had a new bike before. And what this exercise did was symbolized for us. We're in the human capital business. We put people to work every day. There's a family be- behind everything that we're doing, and make sure that you remember that when we're talking to folks or customers or talent that we're putting into jobs. So that was a to me it was a monumental event that happened. And then that year we hit goals. The same year. Which, which is even more important to me sometimes, Deb, is that that same year I was coaching youth football and there's a little girl in our town, Katrin Gadomski, who lost her battle with cancer at six years old. She was friends with my daughter. I had a, I had a conversation with someone today about this, that, that as I get older, this means a lot more to me, but this little girl loved to collect rocks and I, I got the idea to help with erecting this rock at the base of a football field, which is a sports field. There's soccer played there, lacrosse, field hockey, a bunch of different things. Um, And it's a park where kids go and play. Well, Katrin loved to walk in this park. She loved to collect rocks. And she was a beautiful little girl. So after she lost her battle, her dad and I went to a rock quarry. We picked out a rock together. He picked out the rock. It was funny because I picked out this really fancy rock and he kind of leaned towards something that was – That he felt that was more her. And I I remember that very distinctly. And that particular year, this team that I was coaching was 500. You know, let's say they won five and lost five. We make it into the playoffs and we end up winning the championship this year. That year, first game that we played was against a team that really beat us up during the season. We beat them. The second team that we played was, was quarterback by today's Michigan had, uh, Michigan quarterback. J.J. McCarthy, and we we beat them, and then we go to the championship. And, and it was just such a story of purpose and or character over competence, purpose over everything. And those little kids, those sixth grade boys played all year to honor this little girl in our community. And it was just, to me, needed to be documented in a book. And it was just such a great opportunity to, to talk to people about winning as an outcome, Winning is an outcome. You know, and, and what what are you really playing for?
0: I'm getting so inspired here because I'm so glad Amy introduced us because, again, your energy is infectious. And then, you know, sometimes even myself or other people that I meet along the way, we're trying to interview for a new job. You're not getting the job. You keep knocking on the doors. You know, you've got a lot to offer. You're not getting what you want. But what I'm feeling here is, though, is that if you really believe in something, if you, you feel strongly about who you serve or how you can help them, and that's exactly where I am right now, I know. I believe I will eventually be able to help so many more than I can imagine if we just have that strong sense of purpose and consistency. Eventually, it's going to be infectious. People are going to jump on board, and they are going to be there. That's why I'm so grateful to be on my journey as the drop-in CEO, helping C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow to navigate with confidence. I so believe that that kind of support is needed at both levels. And I just love the fact that you're so connected to the community because sometimes if we're just so focused on our work, you need a creative outlet to kind of reinvigorate that inspiration, that purpose. And maybe, like you say, bring it back to the workplace and infuse energy to be able to move it to the next level. So amazing stories, amazing stories. So I just want to touch on this a little bit. You are also very involved with Hometown Heroes and Wounded Warriors. I just want to understand a little bit more where that work comes from, because we have a lot of military in our family as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, those two organizations are what inspires me. And, you know, I look at Camp Hometown Heroes. Here's a camp in Wisconsin that brings 300 plus kids to a camp every year who have lost a parent to service to our country. For, for a variety of reasons, and these kids get a chance to go to a camp to meet other children have, who have been through the same thing, so they have maybe someone to call on Father's day because they don't have a dad or whatever the case may be and these and these kids get to go and they get to learn maybe how to grieve they get they know that they have they have just like at work you want a best friend at work well, now you maybe have a best friend from camp that you can call or in today's technology, Snapchat or Instagram, whatever the case may be. But it's really nice for uh, these kids to really have a, a really positive place to go um, with a really big, big, things. I mean, my wife lost her mom when she was 11 years old. These are tough times for these kids. And, and it's really great that uh, the medics team has really put their arms around them and done fundraisers every year and gotten a chance to to be involved with them, and then, and then the other one, you know, Jared Allen, former Minnesota Viking, and just such a, just such a passionate guy with the military. I watched uh, Jared and his organization, Jared Allen's Homes for Wounded Vets, really put a put a flag in the ground or stake in the ground and say we are going to help these returning veterans who have been handicapped or disabled while they were overseas defending us. And I've seen him really lean in and his his partner there, Alex Caralexis, and they've gone out into different communities and really leaned into really supporting some of our veterans who really are in bad living situations. I remember one person, one of the vets was living on the second floor and he was a wheelchair bound and and they went out and worked with that family to rebuild a house. You know, there's, there's people in different situations that they've helped. So it's just like, you know, leaning, leaning into and not forgetting that we're very lucky to be in, in a situation, a country that is, that is for the full, most part, you know, very safe and, and, you know, we have certain liberties and, and opportunities that others don't because of those people. So really love that the work that those two organizations are doing.
0: You are amazing. <laughs> Again, I got a shout out to Amy for introducing us. You know what I, What I'm just enjoying from this conversation, again, getting to know your stories, it's just your positivity. And again, things can happen in life. Things, unfortunate things, sad things happen. And I'm just curious from your standpoint, what is your source of strength and positivity? Because sometimes it is hard to get out of a down situation. Maybe things aren't in your favor right now. Maybe you've lost your job. It's a tough market. Maybe you're stuck in a bad role. What is the source of your energy and positivity?
1: Yeah, Culture Through Crisis, the second book. I'll tell you, we lost 40% of our business going into COVID overnight. And the reason I wrote that book was a thank you to the medics team because, you know what, I wasn't all that positive in the beginning of COVID. I, I, I got nervous. You know, I talked to so many people in my network and I was leaning into them and they were telling me it's going to be okay. You know, I was, I was nervous and then i watched this amazing medics team who all these years we've been putting this effort on building great values and a great purpose and they really took the baton and they ran with it and they inspired me you know the question is really you know for me it's like a three legged stool it's like you know you need to have the the safe space or the, the space to go out and whether it's podcasts or books Look for inspiration. I look for it. I look to be inspired. I look to find things that can motivate me and that might be different for other people. Second thing is, is that in your community, is there people as good or better than you that have different stories or different situations that help motivate you? And and the people that you lock arms with at work, I'll add that to that second leg of the stool. Um, no, no different than your community, but are, are is there people at work that motivate you? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm super positive and I'm super optimistic all the time. And my wife will tell me sometimes, you know, I'm kind of living there. And part of the reason that, you know, that I that I'm motivated is I think, you know, that you're you're in a family situation. Sometimes I feel very blessed to have a family situation where I had a great mom and dad that kind of set the the bar for us on 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 things to do. But I wake up every morning, and I do want to honor my wife, and I want to—I I, I do want to—I want her to be proud of things that we're doing. And there's been times in my life, the most difficult times in my life, that she was the one that got me moving in the right direction. I talked to you about my mom when she passed away. There was three days in a row where I didn't go to work, and I kind of sat in a dark room, mind you. We had a baby September 18th, 2002. My mom died November 3rd after we buried her i came back and i wasn't motivated i was i'd grown a beard i was i was not in a good place and she was able to really kind of shake my world a little bit and say listen you have a new baby in the other room i lost my mom when i was 11 years old i know that you're upset but you need to go and take care of business so get in the shower shave and kind of get your rear to work and let's if we're going to do this let's do this you know there's been times Where I feel really blessed that I have had the opportunity or have the opportunity to be next to someone that isn't necessarily like me all the time. She's more introverted. I'm more extroverted. And she has a different way of looking at stuff. And I think that over time, you kind of really feel blessed. And I think within work, you have to realize that not everybody's like you. And you can learn a lot from people that are a little bit different. I really feel great about that and, and feel lucky, feel super lucky.
0: So we are going to bring this to a close shortly. I know you and I could talk and talk, but you brought up a couple points that I could just share a little bit again. Our listeners are just happening to listen to this conversation, but I will tell you having a significant other, whether it's a partner or somebody in the workplace that can talk you off a ledge. I recently was very upset about a situation, ready to throw it in, and I'm not one to ever quit. I muscle through every challenge. And he talked me off the ledge. He said, Deb, sleep on it. You know, this is temporary. And you know what? After he talked me through it and I got my head clear again, I was able to move forward and past (laughs) those moments. And I just think it's important also to just recognize the people around you. I too get inspired by the people around me. I had a heavy client load, but rather than focusing on the technical work that I do to help businesses through crises was the people that I interfaced with. And every time I took the time to listen to the people and their story, I actually would get teary-eyed from every encounter saying, you know what, my true purpose here is just to listen to their stories and support them and acknowledge humanity. Forget about the spreadsheet, the report, or something that we had to do. It was about the people. And I was exhausted, but so inspired by every interaction. So that is the purposeful work we do to help elevate people, inspire and be inspired by them. Yeah such a great interview andrew i am so grateful to have brought this conversation forward but before we bring this to a close any parting thoughts that you would have for the listeners or or anything else that you would like to share
1: the only the only thing that i'll say is is and i think it's it's just the times that we're in today just realizing that these these times whether whether these are post covid times or recessionary times or interest rates are going up, or whatever the case may be. Family member, like you mentioned, someone might be losing a job. I think it's more fun in life to go out and help someone else, and and look for opportunities to inspire. Whether it's you know having a, a simple conversation with someone in the hallway that you don't know, or if you notice someone's having a down day, uh, how do you lift that person up? Yeah. Or maybe. Reflecting on something that you're really passionate about, and how can you go get involved in your community or nationally in something philanthropic that will fill your bucket a little bit or your glass a
0: little bit higher, so Andrew, I just want to say thank you for dropping in on the podcast. You are an inspiration, and to my listeners out there, Andrew Lamoris, please look him up. He's the president and CEO of Medics, an amazing company. Andrew and his people on his team are amazing. Please check him out, connect with him, learn more about his work and you know be able to support him. And again, for myself, Andrew, it was a great interview. I really appreciate your work and thank you for being an amazing guest. Really enjoyed being here today. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I hope you are inspired by our conversation and can apply what you heard to your business or career goals If you found this valuable, please share this show with at least one friend who will find it useful and inspiring. When you share this podcast, it allows me to continue to help C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow to navigate their challenges with confidence. To connect with me or learn more about the Drop-In CEO services, go to my website at dropinceo.com. And until we meet, I wish you well and much success.